Welcome to Adulthood Made Easy, a podcast from Real Simple Magazine that will not only help you navigate real life, but win at real life. I'm your host, Sam Zabel, clueless just like you, and figuring out how the adult world works week by week. Before we start the episode, I just want to ask you again, like last week, a really small favor. At Panoply, we're trying to learn more about our podcast listeners, so we want you to tell us about the podcasts you enjoy and how often you're listening to them. So we have this really small survey, just takes a couple of minutes to complete, and if you fill it out, you'll help us make great podcasts about the things you love and the things you didn't even know you loved. And you can fill out all the questions or some of the questions. We just want to learn a little bit more about you. So to fill out the survey, just go to panoply.fm slash survey, or you can click the link we've provided in the show notes for this episode. That's panoply.fm slash survey, or click the link in the show notes. Thank you. And as many of you know, we're in the middle of our Guide for Grad series. Well, we're more towards the end. And this week, we are tackling dating. Normally, the idea for this podcast comes up when I'm talking about my friends with something that's really bugging all of us, like when we talked about taxes and we were freaking out in April. That's how that episode came up. And recently, I went to Philadelphia, where my best friend Carly lives, and we just couldn't stop talking about how different it was to go on dates in the real world versus how different it was to go on dates in college. And Carly is someone who moved to Philly. She's a research coordinator at Penn, and she completely embraced you know, the real world and this post-grad life. And she joined dating apps and she went on dates and she met people and she really put herself out there. And she's who I always go to when I'm looking for dating advice. So today we have her with us to talk all about dating in the real world, dating in college, and, you know, all about the wonderful boyfriend that she did find actually online. And I also have Lindsay Chrysler with us today, who is New York City's number one love coach, voted that for two years in a row. And she helps frustrated singles find love through virtual coaching, private retreats, and public speaking. Hi, Lindsay. Hi. So I'm so excited to talk about this today. And Carly, as you know, my experience with dating is pretty limited. And when I need advice, I go to you. So <laughs> I'm hoping you can provide advice to everyone else. But first, can you tell everyone a little bit about, you know, that first month in Philly, um, kind of what the transition was like for you? I know that you sort of dated someone. So if you'll tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, definitely. So when I first moved to Philly, I didn't know anyone here, and I was really nervous that I wasn't going to be able to meet people. I worked in a pretty small office at Penn, so, you know, work didn't seem like a great avenue to meet guys. So I sort of figured maybe the best option for me would be to do online dating, and I knew people who had done it before and who had really liked it. So I just kind of dived right into it when I first got here, and I did find it really awkward at first. But yeah, in the end, I feel like it, it was a good experience. Definitely like opened my eyes to a new world of dating beyond college. And we both went to Northwestern, so we both dealt with that dating scene. What did you feel like was the biggest surprise in moving from the college scene at Northwestern to the real world? So I felt like when I would meet guys in college, we sort of automatically have a lot in common with them. Just by virtue of going to the same school, you probably know the same people. But when you meet up with someone from an online site or an app, you really don't know anything about them. Right. Um, you have no, no mutual friends, nothing. So 
I guess I was sort of surprised at like how awkward the first dates could be and how long it takes to really get to know someone. And this was, I mean, it was kind of cool also because it was, I felt like I was actually like doing something I'd never done before where you go on a blind date with someone and, you know, get to know them one-on-one for the first time. But I also was definitely shocked when I would go on multiple dates with people, how long it took to kind of like feel like I was getting a sense of who they were and stuff. That has been the biggest shock for me. And well, you and I are really different because you're like, I was so open to meeting people. And I was like, (laughs) so excited to meet people on dates. And I'm like, get me out of here. I want to go home and watch TV. And but I think the biggest shocker for me is I have gone on like multiple dates with the same person and how hard it is to get to know someone. And that's not something people really tell you about dating in the real world. Like people will be like, oh, you can meet people that are older than you. And yeah, you kind of try the online thing. And it's totally different when you have a job all day. But getting to know someone is really difficult. And Lindsay, I don't know if you have seen that when you've dealt with coaching people that is that a big complaint that you get? Because that's like my biggest complaint in the world is that I just want to get to know them already. And I feel like it takes so long to be like, what's your family like? And where are you from? And what, where'd you go to school? Yeah, I think I think people have, that's probably the number one complaint I get is the awkwardness in, in getting to know people. And so what happens a lot of times is people are like, oh, I don't, I hate online dating. And then they stop online dating and then they don't feel like they have any other option of how to meet people. And, and if they even go to a party and meet somebody new, they don't know what to talk about originally. Like they have no idea how to start a conversation, have it feel natural or even fun. So that's a big that's a big one. And in college, it's so, there's just, you have friends around, so you feel comfortable. A lot of times, um, you're not on your own, or you're in a class together where you have a shared, you know, objective, or you're studying something, or there's just like a shared kind of experience that you can rely on. So that, I think, is the biggest hurdle for people in, in going from college to, um, what are we calling it? The, the, the real, real world. world. Real life. And Carly, so now I feel like we should t- tell people you have a great boyfriend that you met through OkCupid, right? Yes, I do. <laughs> that you love and that's wonderful. So you met him on OkCupid, which I think is interesting because when you hear about the dating world, at least for people our age, people are more about, like you mentioned, like Tinder or Hinge. OkCupid feels like a really serious move. So will you talk about what it was like to meet him and and kind of what it was like to be on that kind of more (laughs) grown-up app, for lack of a better word? Sure. So I had used apps like Tinder and Hinge when I first got here, and I just ultimately wasn't that satisfied with them, mostly because I felt like you really, like, didn't know anything about people before you met up with them. Like, maybe you texted a little bit, but you pretty much only are going off of a picture that you see on the app. So someone has suggested OkCupid to me, and I liked it a lot better immediately just because you are provided with so much more information about someone. You take, like, these little personality surveys and things like that so you can look at people's answers. So you can you can kind of, like, automatically screen out people who you think are going to be, like, assholes or racist, <laughs> things like that. So for me, like, I... You know, I really appreciated just like that automatic screening process. And so, yeah, I also kind of found like it seemed like the people on OkCupid were pretty much like all there looking to meet people to be friends with or to date. Whereas 
I found I felt like Tinder was definitely more, you know, held true to the stereotype that it was mostly people looking for hookups or like not sure what they were looking for. And I was like, you know, I really want to make some actual like connections since I'm in a city where I don't know anyone. So I appreciated that the clientele on OkCupid were a little more serious. The clientele. Okay, <laughs> so then you met your boyfriend, one of the clientele of OkCupid, yeah. and. Do you feel like it moved? I feel like it kind of moved fast, but I I think I have like a little bit of like dating phobia. So maybe it didn't move that fast. (laughs) Like, how did you how did it progress when you met him? So he was traveling a lot for work when we started dating. But I would say we went on about like eight to ten dates before before it actually like became more serious, like where we wanted to not date other people. And I think that's I think that surprised me because I was definitely, like, very interested, but it, I, I think that's what I was referring to when I said that it, like, feels like it takes a little while to get to know someone when you meet them off of a site like OkCupid or Tinder, just because, you know, we didn't, didn't have any mutual friends. He's also, he's originally from Philly, but had lived in other places for a long time, so he didn't have, you know, a huge network in Philly, so it's not like we were meeting through mutual friends at a social gathering at a bar or something like that. So we were like really starting from scratch. And so, yeah, I would say it took about like eight to 10 dates before I was like super comfortable with him and introduced each other to our friends, which was huge. So, yeah. And Lindsay, when you are coaching people or, you know, consulting with friends or clients, how fast do you see relationships move? Like what's typical for people beginning to kind of apply that label? Because that label really freaks me out. Like, I think that calling someone your boyfriend is a huge deal, but maybe that's like a residual college idea to me that is that as a love coach, you would say maybe I need to like calm down a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, it is a big deal. I mean, to say that you're not going to date anyone else is a commitment. I I wish that people took it a little more seriously when they made the commitment because some people don't. You know, it means different things for different people. So you definitely want to make sure if you are making a commitment with somebody that they are on the same page as you. That being said, when people like each other, you know, enough to commit to each other, it's usually mutual. It's usually a mutual yes. And so that can happen pretty quickly. Usually the the relationships that don't commit to each other for a really long time is because one of the people, usually both of the people, are not sure. There's some fear. There's some insecurity. There's some past issue not dealt with yet. There's something going on. When it's a fit, I've seen people get into relationships pretty quickly. You know, two, three months is usually the average. And there's just, like, gut instinct there that you just have, you like, you know if it's a fit, right? Eventually. I mean, I don't think it always happens on the first date. I think that's a myth. You know, my mom loves the, the falling in love at first sight thing. And I I get it. I mean, that does happen for people, but it is not. There's also people that fall in love slowly over the course of two or three months. So I would say, you know, gut instinct is a really good thing. And give it time. Give it time to, like, find out who this person is and what their values are and if it's, if their values match up with your values. Carly, something you said before and just something I know is that you, like, met a couple people and these apps really facilitate that you 
go on a bunch of dates with different people. Maybe you're kind of dating people at the same time. And I feel like in college, if people were hooking up with this with a bunch of different people at once, there was like kind of a negative stigma. But now it's kind of okay if you're dating a couple people at once. How do you feel about that, Carly? Yeah, well, I definitely kind of felt like there was this weird phenomenon, I guess you'd say, going on in college that was almost like backwards with real life where like you wouldn't really go on a date with someone unless you actually like were interested in dating them long term like let's say you were hooking up for a while and then you realized you liked each other so then you'd start going on dates so I felt like there was sort of this like serious connotation with going on dates in college totally yeah whereas in like in the post-college world you know going on a date with someone doesn't like have to mean anything it can just be you know a one-time thing you can maybe go on a few dates with them and you still aren't like committing to anything or you know saying that you're interested in dating long term or anything like that and Lindsay, what do you think about i mean going on multiple dates with people how do you get to know multiple guys at once like how do you navigate that kind of dating Mm -hmm. a bunch of people at once without spreading yourself too thin, not really investing in, you know, investing in one person over the other. I think if you're comfortable being yourself and you're comfortable and feeling open with people, it can, dating can actually be fun. I know it sounds crazy, but it can (laughs) actually be a source of pleasure and energy. And it's like not work, right? We hope it's not work. If it's work, then I recommend doing something about it. But it can be really fun and it can be a source of like activity and actually like turn on, which is, I know it's a foreign concept for most people. It definitely was for me when I started dating. And then it can be fun. You can just get to know people and be yourself and kind of follow the connection for as long as it lasts. And, you know, sometimes you'll have one or two dates with a guy and then you'll have another one or two dates with a different guy. And then one guy doesn't text you back for whatever reason. You have no idea why. And that's part of the dating game. It's like, you don't know why. And then this other guy does text you back. And so you follow the connection with him instead of the other one. And so you kind of, I I think of it as just being yourself, having as much fun as you can and learning how to do that. And then following the connection as long as it lasts and as long as it feels good to you. And that's where you really want to build your intuition muscles and that will serve you for the rest of your life so it's a really great thing to do once you get out of college and you don't have as much you know stability to rely on and we do probably we should probably talk about breakups not that I see that in your future Carl but just in general (laughs) I feel like that is another thing that's so different from college in the sense that in college it could be really messy and then you had class with them the next day and then you know they ended up dating your friend who lived down the hall from you and it was just like a really like Mm. incestuous incestuous is a gross word to use but like feels like a really weird experience and Carly how like for the guys that you dated right when you moved there that it didn't work out like how did you feel the breakups then went versus anything that we dealt with in college or that our friends dealt with there's sort of this like major difference in the real world where like you pretty much just never have to see the person again after you <laughs> decide to part ways. Uh, and I found that to be like a huge relief. So in college, you know, if you're like running into them all the time, running into them at parties or maybe like you know someone who dates them afterwards or it's something, awful. it can get really awkward. Yeah. Yeah. Although I do have to say that I've run into people that I met on Tinder later on in Philly. So <laughs> I guess Philly you can't small. Totally escape that. But yeah, I kind of found that it's like a lot easier to make a clean break 
Yeah. And Lindsay, like, what's your go-to mm-hmm. advice for facilitating a really good clean breakup? Oh. Or is that even possible? I guess I, mean, I don't know. It's it's more preventative. I, I think if you if you are honest, as honest, you know, lovingly as honest as you can be in your relationship, the breakup can be really, it can be mutual and it can go well. The the breakups that I see that are so bad are the ones where people weren't being honest, and then it all comes out, and it's just this really like hurtful. Hey, who who are you? Who is who have I been dating? Kind mm-hmm. of experience. So. The other thing that is also part of breakups that I know is affecting our culture now is Facebook and social media. You know, you can kind of stalk your ex on social media as much as you'd like. And people send, you know, I, I talk to clients constantly about cyber stalking their exes and, and how happy it makes everybody feel. So that's another way to have it be a clean breakup. I've told, you know, I've helped people go on social media like cleanses detox, like just so they don't, they're not like checking constantly, right, for updates on their ex. So think about like the way you end it, you can end it like a five-year-old throwing a tantrum, which I've done, or you could end it as an adult, right, which is what everyone on this podcast is studying into as adulthood. Mm, certainly and trying. That, <laughs> yeah, that means working for something in between. But it is, it is kind of setting the precedent for your next, for your next relationship. So see if you can take the breakup as an opportunity to be your best self, be the bigger person, not leave a bunch of wreckage and, and just really be the person that you want to be in your next relationship. And it can be a test. It's a real test when the relationship is ending and you don't want it to end. That's the biggest test. And that's like a huge growth opportunity. Yeah, definitely. Well, I don't want to end on breaking up. I feel like that's a bad (laughs) way to be like, and done. So Lindsay, first from you, I'm curious for like your best piece of advice for people that are just getting into dating? Like, what do you think is the best advice you could give someone who's about to go on their very first date post-grad? Well, the first one I would say is start doing things you actually like doing, like get to know yourself and what you actually like to do as early as you can. I mean, that advice never goes out of style, whether you're in your 20s, 30s, 40s. I've given it to women in their 50s and 60s, Mm -hmm. too. So that will that will attract the right people if you're doing what you want to be doing. The second thing is, I don't think you can say the wrong thing to the right person, and I don't think you can say the right thing to the wrong person. So don't think too much about what you're saying or how you're presenting yourself. Like, you be you, and somebody's going to like it, and somebody's not, and the person that doesn't like it definitely don't want to go on a date with them. So Try not to worry too much about what you're saying. It's so tempting to overanalyze ourselves and be hard on ourselves. And I think if you just be you, I know that sounds so cliche, but it's really true. If you're open about who you are and you actually like who you are, you're going to meet somebody that likes fit you as much as you like you, and it'll be a really good fit. That's really cool. And Carly, if you had to assure graduates right now who just left the like horrible hookup weird college dating scene about one thing that they can look forward to dating post-grad. If you could assure me about one thing I can look forward to, (laughs) something like some kind of light at the end of the tunnel for me, what would it be? I would say that it's, you know, it's not as bad. Online dating is not as bad as everyone says. And it, you know, you really do have to trust your instincts. But I think like, it's kind of like this universal experience that the first date, like Lindsay said, is not like love at first sight. So I would just say that, you know, you can find 
someone you want to date and be with, even if the first date isn't super amazing. Okay. Well, all of this is great advice, and I really, really appreciate both of your time today. Carly, it's always amazing to talk to you. And Lindsay, thank you so much for all of your expertise. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me. And thanks to all of you for joining me today for Adulthood Made Easy. If you have questions or topics you'd like me to cover in the future, just tweet them to me at samzabel and I'll add them to my list. I'd like to thank our producer, Tim Einenkel, and remind all of you about that Panoply survey I mentioned earlier. You can find it at panoply.fm slash survey or in the show notes. Don't forget to subscribe and review the show in iTunes and grab a copy of the book that has all the answers, The Real Simple Guide to Real Life, which you can get wherever books are sold. I'm Sam Zabel, and I'll have more answers next time.